This is The Wealth Puzzle with Michael Mansfield from The Lynn Group. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Michael provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, Retirement Income Planning, Wealth Management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now, here is The Wealth Puzzle with Michael Mansfield. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. This is Wealth Puzzle Radio. This is Mike Mansfield with The Lynn Group. And as always, we're happy to have him back. Tony Shore is here with us. You know, last week, Tony, it was the first time ever I've recorded a show by myself. And I can't tell you how challenging of an experience that was. <laughs> I mean, that, geez, Louise, that was not fun. I you kept did waiting great, for though. someone to great. chime in and save me. You did. I thought you did great. It is harder to do a show by yourself <clears throat> than have somebody to bounce things off of and interrupt you constantly. Well, um, yeah, it's a, you know, it's a, it's not a, it's not a conversation. It's a lecture. Yeah. Lecturing everybody. Yeah. But you're pretty, you're good. You're good. So, you have a lot of great anyways. information to give. So well, it was still it a good show. It made us appreciate you more. How's that? Oh, I, pre- thank you. That sounds yes. great. I like that. A little job security and i did miss you last week that's for sure i did miss you but my voice wasn't doing well last week i had to take a few days off a little rest and relaxation i don't know mr sick man but you know what it happens yeah i'm better now so well you know what michael i did miss you last week but here we are this week i'm down Uh, to business we're, we're excited you look great it's good to see you again what do you got for us today? What are we going to be talking about? Well, yeah. About? And so so last week, of course, you rudely missed it, but last week we had spent <laughs> some time talking about the trade war and some economic data associated with that stuff. And, you know, it's funny how things progress. Even since that conversation that I had here on the airwaves, things changed. You know, there there was a nice basic easing in the, the trade war negotiations. The, uh, you know, China and the United States agreed to have a meeting, which was a positive thing. And then you had good economic data come out too. You had it now. It's funny because last week there was a soft jobs report, but that was after the fact that there was a strong payroll report. You know, payrolls came out at like almost two hundred thousand when they were expecting one hundred and fifty thousand. Once again, that's good. You know, then the, then the next thing that comes out is a revision of the second quarter GDP. You know, it went up. How can it go up? We're supposed to be going in a recession. This is so upsetting. Well, I want my recession, everybody, right? Yeah, I they said the, the sky is falling, but nothing's coming down. Ah, yeah, so second quarter GDP was just revised from 2.1% to 2.3, upward revision. And let's be fair, nine times out of ten when numbers get revised, Tony, which way do they go? Uh, usually when they get revised, they go down. They go down. Everyone, you know, everyone puts their best foot forward with the first number, yeah. and then they, and then a month or two later, they say, oh, maybe no one's watching today. Just kidding. Yeah. Here, here's what it really is. Yeah. Sorry, our so earlier forecast was off. It's going to be much worse. No, it's good. And third quarter GDP has already been revised up to over 2.1%. So we're having some strong GDP. We're having some strong things happening here. And then on top of it, you know, remember, let, let's go back to all those headlines, right? The inverted yield curve, the trade war, all these things are causing a recession. Um, you know, so one of the political people running for president a month ago said, we're already in a recession and I'm the only one that knows it, you know, stuff like that. And, um, the federal reserve president Powell comes out last week. And what does he say? 
blah, 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 blah. There's really no recession in sight for us at the Fed. Wow. Like, oh, wait, what? I'm I'm so confused because I thought <laughs> per every headline, the recession was coming. So anyways, look, nobody knows. Nobody has the crystal ball. Things go up. Things go down. Um, we have a bull market that is uh, long in the tooth of sorts. But remember, bull markets don't die, Tony, because of AIDS. They die because of economics. And it's hard to start painting that economic picture. Now, granted, on Friday, let's, you know, I don't want to be all positive. There was a soft jobs report. We didn't get quite as many jobs created as was expected or hoped for. But you know what's funny is economists, they go through all these complex charts and things, and they come up with a magic number of how many jobs need to be created on average in order to support the current unemployment rate. And you know what? We're still doing just fine. We're making enough jobs to support it staying low. And that's one of the things that becomes a potential recessionary indicator is if we're not getting enough jobs, that can lead to the unemployment rate going up. And then that's where we start having some hinkiness. (laughs) So To to put it in a professional technical term, hinkiness. You know, that's all we are here. So look, (laughs) if you're freaking out about the stock market, if you're worrying about economic data, if you don't know which headline to read and which one to understand, if you're scared about your retirement... This is why we talk about this stuff. This is why Tony and I have been here for over four years doing this is because there's so much uncertainty. There's so much confusion. And this is what we do. I help people with retirement income planning. I help you come up with a plan, with a process, with rationale so that you can have it on paper. You understand where your income's coming from. You understand your tax liability. You understand where to take risk in your investment portfolio. This is what we do. If you give me a call, 805-500-7035, 805-500-7035, I'd be more than happy to complimentary create that plan for you and show you what it looks like. I think it's phenomenal. This is, you know, you got to take advantage of this. Take advantage of me, everybody. <laughs> well, it is a great offer for our listeners out there. And uh, there's yeah. no cost or obligation. Come in, sit down, talk with you. Uh Look at where you're at. Get the report run. I think it's fantastic, right? Absolutely. But, you know, it's just on you guys to to reach out to us. Yeah. Now, here's another interesting thing, Tony. Okay. You ever heard of the City Economic Surprise Index? No, I've never heard of that. What? Man, you know. The City uh, Economic Surprise. So, City, C-I-T-I, you probably heard of them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Economic Surprise Index. So this is interesting. They've been running this index since 2003. They came up with an index that basically looks at economic information and then it assesses more or less investors' confidence. So are hmm. investors happy with the economy? Are they sad about yeah, the economy? Yeah, so where is it at? Well, that's a good question. So as I'm of hoping last you week, know and will tell us. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was wondering if Please. you knew about it. I just, I just, it's been yeah. rumored. You've never brought um, this one up on the show, I don't think. No, I, no, no, no. Because I don't know. But, about you know, it. I'm, I, I don't, I want to keep everybody on their toes, man. I don't want to always use the same old stuff. So I gotta, I gotta keep pulling new rabbits out of the hat here. So, anyways, I, I've, they once a month they they let out the index of how it's doing and and what they think, and it's kind of interesting right now. And this is why I was bringing it up. So the economic index, this is investors' confidence based on the economy's direction for the last 100 days has been negative. Investors have been negative on the economy. They haven't been happy with it. 
And, you know, you think about it recently, that really nicely corresponds with a very volatile, very upsetting, very ugly looking August in the stock market. And as of last week, my friend, it finally turned positive. Oh, wow. <gasps> what is positive? What does that mean? Yeah. What does that mean? Well, that's what's kind of interesting is the chart's always up and down and up and down and up and down. But for almost 20 years, there have only been a handful of times where the sediment of stock market con or excuse me, investor confidence has been negative for over a hundred days. And what's interesting is statistically when it's negative for over a hundred days and it goes positive one month, three months, six months out, the stock market is higher is always higher. 85% of the time, 80% of the time, one month later, it's 4% higher. Excuse me. Uh, get my facts wrong here. Yeah. One month later, it's 4% higher. Three months later, it's 6%. And on average, six months after it turns positive, the market was up eight and a half percent based on the way the chart has worked historically. And you're like, Ooh, that's interesting. I mean, it's just, these are just interesting things yeah. because you know what? This is the age of computers, Tony. Computers follow all algorithms. They follow all indexes. They follow all information. Now, if you think that there's just a bunch of people sitting around saying, I don't know, buy it, sell it, buy it, sell it. There is, but there's also 10 times more machines now making these decisions and all of the algorithms and all of the rules and all of the systems follow this stuff. And so sometimes when you look at technicals of markets, there's almost self-fulfilling prophecy there. You know, it's kind of fascinating. And so this so is the markets driving one. itself, right? Uh -oh. So this is an interesting one. You know, after 100 days of being negative, the surprise economic indicator consumer confidence thing just went positive. And that so that means, does that mean consumer confidence is up? Yeah. yeah all wow. of a sudden they're like, things aren't so bad. But let's be fair. Look at some of the economic information that's been coming out. It's all been stronger than expected. Right. Even though the headlines scare us. Well, then you have revised GDP up. Then the headlines scare us. And you look at year over year. Uh, wage growth. You know, I mean, it's all these things that, you know, are actually starting to skew sediment again. But look, who knows what the market's going to be like in six months. But I think that this is an interesting statistic. You know, it's just one more piece in the puzzle. So who knows what's going to happen. But you know what? I got my bet and ponies on, on, on the market goes up a little bit. So I would love that. Well, let yeah. me be, let me rephrase that though, Tony. I hope the stock market goes up for the rest of my life, period. That well, was easy. Yeah, yeah. Easy answer. Yeah. I want the stock market to go up. Yeah. So, and you know, once again, there's, you know, some very light softening of the trade talks, which is a good thing. They're getting back on track. So that's a good thing. Economic data has exceeded expectations. Those are good things. And so those, those are what are kind of playing into um, this index. Yeah. And it, but the market has been volatile over the last month. We've seen some heavy drops and some concerns, oh, yeah. and they started yelling, the sky is falling with the economic indicators for recession. Well, yeah, uh, the yield curve inversion. Yep, you yep. know, we already, we already talked about that one. But then at know? the same time, they get on and say, oh, everything's great. Mm -hmm. uh, the Fed says everything's great. So I'm glad you helped clarify that because it is confusing. There were mixed messages. But it sounds like we're still in a bull market. Uh, the jobs report may be a little soft this time around, but still good. And all the eco 
other economic indicators are good. So, right. um, we, you know, you can't let your emotions ride the roller coaster either. Right. No, 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 no. And, and you can't let politics either. And politics are a tough one, Tony, but you know, it's funny is, um, I don't know, maybe six months, a year ago, there was all of this conversation in the headlines about how, you know, everybody wants to impeach the president. And so I go back to the other two historical times where that's happened in the market, right? You know, you had Clinton and you had Nixon. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to look at the charts and I'm going to see when they announced this and I'm going to see how the market performed. And I think I'm on this like, you know, all right, I'm going to figure this one out. This is going to be awesome. And you know what, Tony? I was very disappointed because oh. in both of those two historical time periods, the market almost didn't even blink. Oh, it just really? tooted right along. Huh. It looked great. Nobody cared. Wow. And I thought, well, that's fascinating because once again, as is life, the stock market returns to the mean. That's almost like a, a statistics class yeah. comment. But the idea is, is that, look, at the end of the day, if a company can be profitable, hence good earnings, then mysteriously the value of the stock goes up. Period. That's yeah. what it all falls back to at the end of the yeah. day in its massive simplicity is can a company be profitable? So anyways, whew, let's take a little break, man. Yeah, I'm like, let's let's I'm take like a break. And up. then when we come back, I know a bottle that, of water on my face. Yeah. You want to talk a little bit about long term care. Yeah, this is quite the transition. Well, you know, yeah. obviously long term care can be a concern, especially in a time of market volatility and ups and downs, we're wondering where our money's at and where our savings right. going to be when we need it for big purchases or big ticket items like long-term care. Yeah. I can't think of a bigger ticket <laughs> item that you're going to need it for. So uh, let's talk about that when we come back. I have some sure. questions for sure. Uh, but why don't you let our listeners know first about that special offer you have and how to get a hold of you? Yeah. So thanks to everybody for tuning in and listening to this. But obviously, if you have questions, if you don't have a proper retirement plan or you don't have an effective one, give us a call. 805-500-7035. Uh, you can certainly visit our website, thelindgroup.com. Lind is L-Y-N-D. Remember, we've been voted the last two years running as a Ventura County, uh, Ventura's best financial planning firm, which is something we're really proud of. We've worked hard to get people to appreciate our efforts enough to vote for us for that kind of stuff. So please give us a call, come in and meet us, see what we do and see why we do it. And I think it's, you're going to find it extremely insightful, but, but just reach out 805-500-7035. Let's just take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about some fun long-term care stuff. All right. And you are listening to the wealth puzzle. I'm your co-host, Tony Shore. And our host is the man with the plan, Mike Mansfield from the Lind group and Mike great show so far today talking about the markets and which is it? Are we headed for a recession or is the economy strong and things are going well? So uh, mixed messages out there. You helped us clarify that a bit. Now on to long-term care. Speaking of that money that we don't want to be losing in the market or our investments, I'll tell you what, that nest egg, a big chunk may have to be used for long-term care or we need some plan to cover it, right? You are right, Tony. The The thing is, with long-term care, everybody needs a plan. But see, that's a confusing statement because people think that means you need insurance. That's not what I mean. A plan is knowing what you're going to do if long-term care, if extended care services are required in your household. What do we do in order to combat that? 
Now, it's kind of an interesting current event time period because interest rates are low, right, Tony? We've watched these things crash for a while. We've been talking about them for a while. And bad news bears with long-term care is long-term care insurers, they use bond portfolios behind the scenes to insure all of their long-term care policies. And low rates means they're not making as much money behind the scenes. This is depressing the insurer's earnings because of their bond portfolios. And already you're starting to see a big expansion in premium increases. Um, this is a problem. I mean, it's very concerning. For example, last year, Genworth Financial, which is a very, very large company with long-term care insurance. I mean, heck, I've got my life insurance with Genworth Financial. Yeah, they're big. They got 120 state approvals, you know, because they go to different counties and all this stuff, to increase premiums. The average rate increase in those 120 approvals, what do you think, Tony? 3%, 5%, 50%? What do you what do you think was the average rate increase someone got from Genworth Financial last year? Um, dum, I don't dum, know. 2-3%? 45%. Holy shnikes. 45%. So, isn't that ironic? You you're you're on a fixed income, right? You got your social security, you got your pension, you got your 401k distribution. So you got your little income deal figured out and you say, "Hey, I got to I got to protect myself, Tony. I'm going to go get a long-term care policy." And so you pay on that thing for a number of years and you're not thinking much of it. Just all you can think is, "I hope I don't get sick and need it." kind of thought. And then all of a sudden, happy new year, you open the mail and your premium's going, you know, from 1000 bucks to $1500. Yikes. You know, and that was an underestimate. Let's be fair. It's normally like three thousand. Uh, oh you know, yeah, it's crazy. Forty five hundred. So regular long term care insurance is kind of going the way of the buffalo and the way of the pension, um, because yeah, these companies don't want to cover it anymore because so many people need long term care and it's so expensive. So the insurance is is kind of overpriced, and traditional long term care insurance isn't the best option. Then is it? Well. You're probably right. Long-term care insurance sucks. Okay. There you go. Good. Problem solved. Pro- well, and, and no. let's, let's, <laughs> Problem let's talk not about, solved but let's then, talk, right? Well, let's talk about why. You know, I don't, I don't mean to be obnoxious or rude or negative, but let's talk about why. So step one, we just covered it. Long-term care insurance is a health insurance product, meaning the insurance company can petition the state, as I just said about Genworth Financial, to raise your premiums. And so think about it, people, over the next 5, 10, 15, 20 years, how many people do you think are going to be going on long-term care claim with the baby boomers? I can tell you, a lot. You know, anyone who has a policy is going to be kind of using it. So we know that these costs of care for these companies are going to go up exponentially. And we also know that with historically low interest rates, the, the insurance companies aren't making money on the side from their bond portfolio either. So they're in a really tight position. It is really, really rough. And it's going to be next to impossible for these companies to stay liquid, to stay in business without raising your rates. They're raising your rates, people. Just, you know, don't open your mail. Now, look at this. Uh, 2018, here's a here's a, a little, you know, survey done. What do you think, Tony, the annual national median cost is of a private room in a nursing home in 2018? Just the cost of the room. Just the cost of the room, I have no idea. I know overall uh, a cost of uh, long-term care assisted living nursing home is uh, over 100 grand a year. 
Yeah, and so that's so what like this is. Five, so a private room grand, in a nursing home is, is just over a hundred grand. Wow. And then you think, well, hot diggity dog. I guess Gam Gam's not getting a private room at the nursing home resort. So, and I don't know if you've been to these places. They're not very resort esque. So then you say, let's 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 do the the lesser of evils. Let's let's keep Gam Gam at home and take care of her there. So what do you think the the annual national median cost of home health care aid is? I have no idea. To be honest on that one, eighty thousand. Well, good news is it's only half. It's fifty. Oh, it's fifty. Okay, but fifty thousand dollars, people. Remember your household, your life, your assets. You're on a fixed income. Did you save enough money? You know, my grandmother died in 2016, Tony, and you know what? She had her first major health event in 2005. Wow. She had eleven years of using different levels of long-term care service, of being in homes and home health care aids and everything in between. And guess what she didn't have, Tony? Long-term care insurance. She didn't have long-term care insurance. But, you know, as a young man, you know what I, I got to do? I got to watch grandma spend all of her savings. I got to watch grandma sell her house and then spend all of that money. And then in the beginning of the year in 2016, the year she unfortunately passed away. And you know what? Well, anyways, the, the year she passed away, we had a meeting of her family members at the beginning of that year, my mother, her siblings. And the conversation that I sat at that table with these, these siblings was, grandma's going to be out of money in about six months. Who would like to raise their hand today to say that they're going to cover the difference? And can you imagine how many people wanted to raise their hand, Tony? Well, everybody wants to help, but did anyone raise their hand? <laughs> right. No, no, no. Three, yeah. three out of the five kids are 100% in no way have any level of financial ability to be able to do that. And the other two that had some, I mean, talk about what a burden that would be. Now, granted, grandma passed away. It never got there. But there's so many families in this country where the burden is really falling to the yeah. children yeah. and the grandchildren and these other people. It's really scary. You know, there's another law. Um, oh, what's it called? Oh, it's going to drive me nuts, Tony. Come on. Oh, what is it? Anyways, it's in... I should find the information on this again. It's kind of lost my mind. In like 20 states, including California, if you put someone in a nursing home and they suddenly can't pay their bill anymore, by law, the nursing home can't kick them out like if they run out of money. They can't kick them out. You can't, you know. So what happens is if they then pass away or leave the nursing home, the nursing home is allowed to sue the children and the family to be reimbursed. Even wow. if there's no money in grandma's estate. So think about that. So grandma can't pay her own bills. They can come after the family members. You know, you wouldn't think that would exist, right? Wow, you know, it's like, terrible. well, you know, if you didn't have enough money and the, they came after the estate and they got what they could, but there wasn't enough too bad. You could actually go after the children on this. Wow. God, I got to look up that law name. Yeah, man. That's it's gonna not drive good. Me nuts now. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk about that one more, but that's a ooky spooky. Anyways. We gotta we gotta kind of keep this party going, Tony. You keep getting off track. The um, so the first thing with health, with long term care insurance was what it's it's a health insurance product. Your premiums are not guaranteed. The second thing is it's use it or lose it insurance, right? You know, if you d die in a fiery car wreck after paying four thousand dollars a year in premiums for twenty years, you don't get anything back. Your family gets nothing. Now, granted, we're not sad when we don't get to use our car insurance every year. 
but this is an expensive policy. So it just kind of rubs people the wrong way. The third thing that is very commonplace with long-term care policies is what's called a redemption process. So if you had a long-term care policy, Tony, and it said you could have $5,000 a month in long-term care benefits, not exactly. Typically, you have to turn in receipts from qualified long-term care providers totaling $5,000. You do this on a monthly basis and they reimburse you. So if you didn't spend all the money, if you didn't use it, you don't get it. So that's kind of confusing for a lot of people too. Wow. Yeah. And on top of it, if you're sick and you don't have family, who's going to be turning in all these receipts for you? The nursing home will do it, but they're going to charge you more. The whole thing's crazy, man. Yeah, that is not good. So what do you do, right? Well, one of the things that we do commonly here, heck, my mother has one, is life insurance has become an alternative to long-term care insurance. So there are some modern life insurance policies that allow you to use the death benefit while you're alive for long-term care services. So that's kind of interesting. And you know what's funny about it, Tony? Is it deals with the three major pitfalls of long-term care. You buy life insurance, if you buy the right policy, they can't contractually raise your premium. It's a contractual guarantee. So it solves that problem. If you croak in that fiery car accident, there's a death benefit that pays out to your family tax-free. So you didn't just pay all this money for years and nobody got anything out of the deal. And then thirdly, most of these life insurance policies use what's called a chronic illness rider, which means that once you qualify for long-term care services, you don't have to turn in receipts. They will advance you the money tax-free and you can use it however you want. So if you want to go buy a sports car and throw a party for gam gam kind of deal, you can, you have a lot of flexibility. So I talked through the back half of that really quickly because we're coming up on time. Yeah. But. Yeah. No, I think that's good. <laughs> I think you've, you've covered a lot, but it is so important. And you know, people say, oh yeah, Medicare will take care. Nope. Medicare doesn't cover long term. No. That, what and a then they say, well, what about Medicaid? Well, guess what? Most yeah. of the, the nicer assisted living facilities. Ain't Medicaid. And, uh, they don't take Medicaid. Uh, the nicer homes do not take Medicaid. Yeah. You don't uh, want to be will, in one of those. You have to be broke. I think you have to have like $2,000 in no, it's, it's assets. No, it's beyond dismal. So if you want to yeah. give away all of your money on the hopes that maybe someday you'll get sick and you can use Medicaid, then you can do that. Yep. But I don't advocate that one. Uh, No. Have a plan, friends. Have a plan. So, hey, let, let's wrap this up, Tony. I, I know it's... Yeah, um, let our listeners we, know how they can lunch. find out more about this. Absolutely. Hey, appreciate everybody tuning in, listening to Wealth Puzzle Radio. Um. Give us a call, 805-500-7035. If you're concerned about long-term care, if you're concerned about getting sick, because let's be fair, a lot of people need this. The Department of Health came out with a survey a few years ago that said that when they surveyed people, only 25% of people thought they would need long-term care. But in their statistics, they show that almost two-thirds of the population needs it. You need this stuff. You need to be aware of it. You need to have a plan and a process. This is what we do. This is how we can help you. 805-500-7035. Certainly visit our website, thelindgroup.com. Lind is L-Y-N-D. Hey, we're going to tune back in same time, same place next week. Tony, as always, it's good to have you back, my friend. I'm glad you're feeling well. And to all of our listeners, thank you so much for all the feedback you give us. So don't hesitate to shoot us emails, give us calls. 
Let us know what your thoughts are, opinions. Otherwise, everyone have a great week, and we'll uh, be back same time, same place next time. Thank you for listening to The Wealth Puzzle. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, please contact Michael Mansfield at The Lind Group. Call 805-500-7035 or visit them online at thelindgroup.com. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Fee-based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered by the Lynn Group Advisors LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of California. Insurance products and services are offered through the Lynn Group LLC. The Lynn Group LLC and the Lynn Group Advisors LLC are not affiliated companies. Lynn Group LLC the Lynn Group Advisors LLC and Michael Mansfield are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any government agency.